0: Talker Brothers Podcast. about me. about me. Where two brothers from another mother come together to talk about what's going on in urban pop culture, sports, music, health, and real issues that face our community. These people here, what they do, they for real. All straight with no chaser. And a splash of comedy. (laughs) Ha 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 ha, very funny. This is Talker Brothers Podcast. Let's get this thing going.
1: And now your hosts, GoD and Smash.
0: What's happening, everybody? It's your boy GoD,
1: and it's your boy Smash coming at you.
0: We want to welcome you guys to another episode of Talking Brothers Podcast. What's going on, Smash man? How your week been,
1: man? It's been good. Today is about fifty-eight degrees, so that's that's awesome because you know it's been about. I think the other day it was like negative four, negative seven degrees. So this fifty-eight is good. Uh I got the. Slab of ribs on the uh, grill, smoking right now. That's why I was like, hold on for a minute. Let me run out here and make sure the temperature right. So I'm, I'm good to go, brother. What about yourself? Uh, so It's
0: Super Bowl Sunday, so I guess you preparing like you normally do since your Falcons are hardly ever in the bowl. So you just getting <laughs> ready for to watch another team with a super bowl guest hey man you know we had the kings of comedy as a guest today <laughs> to <the dumps. laughs> hey you know i take a shot whenever i get a shot i know
1: so uh <laughs> the saints y'all watching the super bowl today
0: nah we boycott, bro we we not watching that madness <laughs> <laughs> why not nah bro
1: so y'all nah, can see I, what could have been
0: could what have coulda shoulda yeah Nah, you know i'll probably go Uh, I'm not doing anything at home. I'll probably go to to a friend of mine's house or something and partake in the lavation and and, and the eatery. Won't won't pay too much attention to the TV, though.
1: (laughs) Nah, I'm with you, man. But, you know, I always want to see a good game. That's about it. But we'll see what come out of this, you know.
0: Yeah, it may be a good game. If I had to pick, I I would have to pick the the Patriots. Uh, We've been there, done that before versus... The Rams, you know, big stage and they do to the situation, so we'll see. Most of yeah. we'll
1: see. You know, this this um, about the only year in a long time, in a couple of years at least, where the uh NFC South hadn't been in the uh in the big game, huh?
0: Yeah, but you can't tell the rest of the world that. You can't
1: <laughs> I know. tell
0: the rest of the world that. But I mean, we were one step away had we not got had we didn't get cheated out of our <laughs> To our chance to go, but you know, two years in a row. First, it was the debacle with the tackle. Then this, we cursed for some reason.
1: I think I think uh, the Patriots might win it today, like you saying, because I I feel like they um they gonna be um they used to it, so they'll be here. As far as the Rams, they probably don't got there and hit every strip club in Atlanta, so they might be a little hungover.
0: Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I don't know if they got the talent to do it, but I just think the Patriots been there, done that before and I think they'll they'll get it done. But anyway, we give it too much time to them two fools anyway. So <laughs> what we got on the, what we got on the on the docket today. What we talking about?
1: Man, I was trying to see if you saw that um that uh show on Netflix, uh Killer Mike's Trigger Warning.
0: Um. Yeah. 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 I watched. I binge watched that whole episode, the whole series, <laughs> and it was it was uh, eye opening and surprising all at the same time.
1: Yeah, it was. It had a little bit of everything. A little bit of uh, comedy. A little bit of drama. Yeah.
0: So, so what are we gonna do? We are gonna go episode by episode, or just a straight overview? Uh, we, we can
1: we can go episode by episode it's only six so we can knock that out pretty pretty easily I think so
0: all right so I think let me hold let me pull up okay so the first one is the the one that surprised me out the door was the the, the living black mm. and it's amazing if for for those who haven't seen it this is killer Mike has a, a show called uh trigger Warning with killer Mike and it's on Netflix and uh, it, it the first episode, he's trying to live totally black, so he's not eating any. If, if if it's not black owned, he can't partake in it. I mean, even his he found out <laughs> he's a big weed smoker, but he can't even buy his, can't smoke his weed because the black man don't even own the weed production. It's, so that was it crazy. was hard for him, man. He had to he had to ride a bike, man. He he, you know, he had to find. <laughs> places to go eat where it was really he found a black barbecue spot before he started eating he realized the man was buying the meat from a white guy so it was it's eye opening to realize how much time we spend in our community but we don't spend our money in our community and it's it's really amazing.
1: Oh yeah that that one was shocking to me Um, you know you would think that somewhere along the way uh, we are raising I mean for those that partake are raising their own weed but it was shocking to me to find that out and then the the other thing was the black owned I never thought about it the black owned barbecue place he didn't buy his meat from uh, he you right. know he didn't buy it from a black person or raise it himself he had to get it from the white man so I was like wow that was I, I like the social experiment because it just it awakens you to see things that you don't really look at on a day-to-day basis
0: yeah it, it was it was surprising to hit a stand of um, like the Asian community, their dollar stay in their neighborhood 21 days, and it was so forth and so, so on. And then when it got to us, um, our dollar only stayed in our community six hours. hours yeah. So that's telling me when you got off work, you stopped and cashed your check and went straight to spending your money everywhere else. You know?
1: yeah that's i was i was shocked at that one too i was like six hours man that's not even your like you were saying that's not even your average work day most people right work about eight <laughs> hours
0: so that means you online <laughs> spending your bread while <laughs> you at work
1: that's, i was just like man it, it made me clutch my my wallet a little tighter like i ain't finna give up nothing
0: yeah mean, was- well, we, well we i mean you see the and that probably six hours is probably what you think the barbershop, maybe <laughs> <laughs>
1: I, I don't even know I mean like nowadays I mean you probably have to look at uh, what what most people do they give it to Starbucks you know
0: yeah a high percentage of everybody go to Starbucks then I, I know my wife does
1: Burger King, uh, McDonald's you know cause wherever, wherever most people stop for breakfast or you know picking up the quick stuff at lunch so yeah, yeah. cause how many people how many people actually take their lunch to work you know um, in, the, in the black community
0: I mean, I try to take my lunch to work. At Me least, too. At least a couple times a week, two or three times a week, I try to do that. Um, it just depends on what's the leftover situation looking like. Yeah. That's, that's another That's another episode.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it is just surprising, man, to see where, like, man, where is our money going and why isn't it being recycled into uh, our, you know, our nature, our neighborhood, so.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I, I know we have... We have such major buying power because if you turn your TV on, most commercials are catering to us, are focused on us, are reflected on by us for for goods and services. You yeah. know, so we know it. Like you take Wakanda for example, <laughs> we showed how much we can support a black endeavor or a black, you know, a black a black owns anything, but. You know a higher percentage of that money yeah we supported it but a higher percentage of that money went into white coffins
1: yeah uh i mean like you said that was a big we, and we talked about that on a couple episodes but that's that was a big uh point for us to see how our money can propel things yeah. if we just come together and unite but man i, I really don't know i would that's the part I would like to see where is our dollar going within that six hours. You know what I'm saying? Like that'd be a good one for him to bring back up. But it was a yeah. it was a good episode
0: though. Yeah, I mean we I mean, in order for it, and then you also gotta think about it too, it, it's kind of a um an eye-opening stereotype. Well, I ain't gonna say a stereotype, it's an eye-opening situation about how long the money stays in the neighborhood. But nine times out of ten, the major businesses that you support, your local grocery store or your local convenience store, it's not even American-owned, let alone African-American-owned. You know, so yeah. that that's part of it too. You know,
1: yeah, it, it was it was a wow opening, I tell you that one.
0: Yeah, man, I, I felt bad for old Killer Mike, man. He was sleeping on that bench. <laughs> he was like, I'm just going to lay my head right here. I know a black man built this bench. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think the bike was the funny thing to me, seeing that boy ride up and down the bike. Yeah, because he got on
0: uh, on the Breakfast Club. He, he said, man, my butt was hurt. My leg was hurt. He was like, that was a terrible, <laughs> terrible experience. But we're going to get to that, that too, man, because that that was that good was too.
1: too and then i did like two uh because one thing i i got from that episode was uh and know and no way am i endorsing them right now because we looking for sponsors but uh <laughs> they that dot black.com you know what i'm saying oh yeah yeah
0: and i mean even that you would have to it's, it's still a little searching to have to have to have to happen yeah
1: it was because I, I tried to look at it and it's 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 pretty rough around my parts anyway.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, Atlanta is is, you know, it's a, a major black uh, population. So right. it's kind of um, easy to, you know, grab some things like that. But if you like you and I, you know, we have to go high and low to actually to try that, you know. But that was a that was a dope social experiment. For him to to let people see. And I wish wish the listeners definitely uh take time out and watch it because um it, it'll make you feel like man, we're doing each other a disservice by not supporting each other as right. far as business-wise. I mean you think about it. He had to catch a bus to a show, and he had to find there's only one black-owned transportation company yeah. in all of Atlanta. One. <laughs>
1: It's crazy, man.
0: That's crazy. You're talking about Atlanta so big and you only have one black-owned transportation company?
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: And then he couldn't even find a black candle to open his black beads. (laughs) (laughs) Episode two, which is called Fuck School, um, that one there had me... What I did like was when he sat down and we'll get more into it. When he sat down, and the, and the little white kid was trying to overtalk him, to overtalk the black kid, and he told the black, the white kid, you know, we're gonna let everybody communicate, everybody have a say, because then if we don't, we're perpetuating the stereotype of white privilege. And the white kid, the little white kid, was like, huh, okay, that make, I guess that makes sense. Okay, I'll be quiet. So, but that was cool for him to. To, to be able to catch a kid at that age, to be able to tell him and I and understand what white privilege is. I don't think a lot of us grown folks understand the impact of white privilege.
1: Nah, not at all. Um, you know it's it's becoming more prevalent now as I learn about it. You know what I'm saying? Like you said, like you're saying, like we don't know about it in the beginning, I ain't know about it either. So seeing that it was good and just seeing you know saying like I think that is the right age to catch it because you know like nobody's born racist you know what I'm saying like it's, right. a, it's a taught or learned behavior Right. so that I, I love when he stopped that little boy in his track and if you look at it the little boy wasn't offended or anything he just waited his turn and then let the uh, black little kid speak and then he came back and said his part.
0: Yeah but what did, what, what did disturb me about that episode was the when he went sat down with the principal well let's backtrack a little bit so basically the episode was more about the teaching the kids a trade or skill that they can take into the workforce and he wanted he he has the premise of he wants to have a school that's based around vocational or hands-on type of learning not just a traditional You know, learning algebra and taking the ACT and going to school and getting a college degree.
1: Yeah, I saw that um, he was sitting there, uh, you know, doing the vocational thing, which I think is a good good idea that schools need to start teaching vocational stuff because everybody's not college bound. You know, so at some point, you gotta, you know what I'm saying? It's good to learn a trade because I know uh, some people are book smart, but some people are gifted with their hands
0: right and it just i mean i'm more to show it was it, really with the show from top to bottom it's really thoroughly over exaggerated and it's done that way for a reason to make you look at to give it's little impact to what he's trying to say to keep your attention on what he with the message that he's trying to portray but in that episode it was more of uh what disturbed me was him going to that principal's office the black principal's office and she, she thinks that the traditional education is the only way for maybe like a five, six, seven, eight year old to be able to um, begin to learn those skills. But I don't know, man, kids, are, kids learn stuff so fast at such a rapid pace. Mm-hmm. I don't think that, do I think that it needs to be at that lower level? I think it should be introduced maybe at the junior high level. Or the middle school level and then moved up but elementary yeah you know you want to learn your abcs your one two three that's where you get your fundamental things You really All be right. honest with you after elementary the elementary stuff is what you use predominantly every day anyway you know when you get to high school when the last time you did an algebraic equation in in algebra class uh, okay so <laughs> but you know add one two three subtracting divide you do that every day you know so i you know so I, I i think she's right on that aspect of getting that foundation but once you get to middle school man it, it's just you know repetitions and they should have um set up where you know who's you know if you feel like you're college bound then go that way if you feel like you want to go in a vocational direction go that way but you want those options to be a regular part of of the curriculum not just um, the standard of how we go about educating ourselves and, and putting ourselves out into the workforce.
1: Yeah, I, I thought it was uh, the other part about that episode too. Is when um, now that this was a little bit over the top when he was doing the use the porn to show adults how to do stuff.
0: Oh, we gonna get there wait. don't jump oh, okay. the gun yeah, we All right. get there. hey we I was just you
1: know what I'm saying like,
0: was that the same episode
1: <laughs> yeah it, it was the same okay
0: okay let's yeah okay so you're not jumping the gun I thought that was a whole episode
1: to itself cause, nah cause in the beginning it was about um, the
0: kids right
1: it was about the kids and then they had to they went oh. and learned how to do that's how, right that's he right. went to the lady's house that growed her own uh, stuff her own oh no that was in the other, the first episode So episode, yeah
0: yeah so yeah, it, yeah. And he finally did get a good meal too ladies and gentlemen yeah <laughs> <laughs> In episode 1 he, he <laughs> grubbed out. <laughs> but yeah and, and that was that that type of education will not be a mainstay but for what he's for what he's trying to do again the show is over the top for a reason. Yeah. But the sexual the sexualization of the education was was definitely a, a point to where he proved the point that they stayed in tune to what was being learned versus giving it the traditional way. So the shock value kept their attention, which means they re- they retained information more. You know, so it was weird, bro. It's really weird. Even <laughs> his wife was like, I'ma give you a short leash on this one, killer bike, but <laughs> don't don't get out the box, son. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, that one that one was weird for me. But then I I went back and looked at it from a different angle as well. Looking at the uh, at it from like, you know, in this day and age, that's how everybody's learning through visual. You know what I mean? Like we got our phones, we got our tablets, we got our computer. Turn on the news. everything's visual. So that's how we are learning, like the videos, the gifts, the gifs, uh, the JPEGs, all that stuff. That's how we're learning. So I can see people more in tune to that and then you add it with I can't remember the stats that he used on how many people watch porn on a daily basis so oh
0: it's more people watching porn than what was it YouTube all your major media outlets people watch that that much porn versus all of them collectively so it's a lot of porn being watched so he's like that's a market that he wanted to tap into and again it made sense because the proof was in the put. When he went to the Omni Tech School in Atlanta, the, the the black guy was like, shoot, let's put the curriculum in. That just told me his enrollment down and he's struggling and he just trying to do anything to save his
1: <laughs>
0: save his school. But I don't think it would be, <clears throat> it, would, it would play better if it was like an artsy-fartsy type of situation right. versus uh, being a curriculum t- like part of the everyday curriculum, like with, for all your classes, I don't think it would fly. But he made a point, though.
1: Yeah, I don't, like you said, I don't think it would fly with the porn. But I think if you made it into an actual instructional video and then had them go apply what they watched, then I think it'll be. Better. Yeah, yeah.
0: You know it, it just shows that, and I think you're you got a point because I think it was more of a um, a visual aid versus it just being. Um, them just learning because he just gave him a piece of paper and told him, Hey, fill out what you know. Right. Right. But you didn't really, you didn't really, what he didn't take was, and he wrote down, they, 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 everybody did terrible. But what he didn't do is he didn't give the porn, like he should have put on the actual how to video first, then mm. retest them. That's and then point. put the porn on and then retest them again yeah. to see what median is it because you don't really have a basis so he went from no visual aid to shock value visual aid you know <laughs> yeah. so it wasn't like the normal visual aid to see where the you know where the, the baseline for that is as well but
1: no, that's a true point that's a good it, point made,
0: it made a point though he made a good point that you know everybody got to find something that keeps keep everybody attention and oh, keep yeah. everybody want to uh want to learn and find their find their way and that, that definitely did it but Then it came down to episode three which was the the white gang privilege and (laughs) this was like, first of all the bank scene man was that had me rolling that they were just beating around the bush on how (laughs) (laughs) how they made their money (laughs) and they would never just tell him right, hey man, we some drug dealers. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Because they knew that'd be a quick shutdown.
0: Yeah, but but Killer Mike, basically, the premise behind this episode was Killer Mike wanted to um, concentrate on the gangs and and help them. um, He got inspired by the Hells Angels. If the Hells Angels can take their brand and monetize it legally, And it'd be sold through all these, cross all these social, all all these retail platforms like Amazon. And and why can't the Crips and the Bloods do the same thing with their brand? Because it's their brand just as old as anybody else's brand. 50 plus plus year old brand. And it's nationwide, well-known nationwide. And what they did was made a cola. One was called Crip Cola, and other one was, what was it, Blood Pop? And, uh... It was an interesting thing to to watch those guys um, take their take their illegal, the, the things that they did illegal, you know, branding, marketing, all that kind of stuff, and then shifted over to an actual legal, yeah, type of business, and the same type of things applied from the street from the street sales to the actual <laughs> commercial sales, yeah. but. It took a while for them to get to be accepted um, into the market. And as of today, he's still trying to get them get that Crip Cola and that that blood pop on them in in the market space.
1: Yeah, I I can see it coming to fruition. I mean, I can see people buying it if it tastes good. But, uh, you know, like he said in the um, during the show that a lot of people don't know that those gangs were started they started out good, like protecting the hood and, you know, uh, being social activists in the neighborhood, you know, in the hood. So um, just to see that and then I didn't even realize till he broke it down that the Hell's Angels, you know, had made themselves marketable. I mean, after he said it, I understood because I've seen their paraphernalia places, but I didn't think about it like that. Like, dang, you know, they, they did do that. They got they legitimized themselves by. Being a biker gang that's notorious for starting fights, killing people, whatever. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, because he said he said it was like that. When their their argument was the bad, uh, the the underbelly of, of the Hell's Angels was only like one percent. So it kind of you kind of gotta say, okay, we gonna buy that and let you legitimize. So why can't the, Why can't the black gangs do the same thing? And, right. I mean, those guys. It, it was funny because those guys went from just plain street hustling to actually focusing on branding and marketing and and uh, trying to understand the process of launching a product. Um, getting there when they had the the head to head competition at the at the flea market, <laughs> yeah. when they were trying to sell a sell a soda. Um, it was a good, it was a good experience, man. And it really tells you that, um, if, if we were given these opportunities and we were given the avenues to be successful, that we, we, we will do it. I mean, you take the, the common, you know, the common neighborhood, uh, hustler or gangster, and he can reapply his attention to something that's worthwhile, yeah. and, and it's the proof is in the pudding. I mean, them, them cats loaded up the car, rent, went from store to store to try to sell their products and goods and services. They had no, gangbanging wasn't even on their mind at that right. point. You know what I'm saying? So you can see that if given opportunity, which he's, which he's basically trying to say, give us an opportunity, and we'll probably, more than likely, will capitalize on it.
1: Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, like you said it's just like I mean everybody's pretty much known that for since the beginning but you know um, <laughs> dealing drugs is like corporate you know what I'm saying so they yeah. translate all the same you know what I'm saying everybody's trying to sell a product and you know those boys was trying to do it legitimately and I did like when they were out there selling against each other the, the friendly com- uh, competition and just showing that you know what I'm saying like even though y'all are two different gangs and got two different beliefs, that y'all can come together in a common cause, you know?
0: And I, that that's actually, to me, that was the easy fix. Yeah. To get them to understand each other, that's the easy fix. Now, when the hard fix went to, went, was showed in that episode was the fact that the community were kind of mm-hmm. standoffish about, oh, Bloods and Crips. <laughs> yeah. You know, even when they did the, the taste, when they did the... Uh, what you call it? The consumer. What is, What you call that crap? What? The, um,
1: taste test.
0: The taste test with the with the uh, the focus group when they have the focus okay, group. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was wow. They were all when they soon as said Crip Cola, man, I can't buy this. I can't drink this. I'm going I'm a, I'm a die. I'm going I'm a get killed. You know. <laughs> right. And the kid Mario, who's who's you know who's a mainstay throughout a bunch of the episodes, and we'll get there. Crazy, but. Um, the focus groups it just tells you how they felt about bloods and crips oh yeah and i don't think the stigma of the hell's angels is even that like they don't even know how deadly the hell's angels are versus <laughs> the bloods and the crips right you know? so nah, that was true. real interesting to see it and, and, and actually it played the same way that focus group looked at it it played the same way when they went to that flea market and to try to get people to come in and buy it mm. and understand that, hey this is a legitimate product we are not trying to hurt you we're not trying to kill you we're trying to give you a, a good product right know? so but he <laughs> i mean he made some it's a, a lot of points that he made in that show like he's saying cold coca-cola pepsi all these sodas have killed more people than um the bloods and crips totally right. killed ourselves you know so that's one of the reasons why he went to the soda route um, and tried to take the you know he took all the the preservatives out and, and used real sugar versus them using you know the artificial sweeteners and stuff like that that cause cancer. So yeah, it was uh you'll never stop. It's a it's a big you know the bottling and, and drink industry is is huge. So you know it, it makes sense, but it's hard to get into that space. Oh yeah, most definitely. Episode four, it was really a hard watch for me because I just totally think that that episode was just blasphemy. Um,
1: I agree, my brother.
0: <laughs>
1: that, was, that was This was probably my uh, least favorite episode. Yeah, obviously.
0: it was It was hard for me to watch um, because I've, I've, I've always preached to myself and I preached, I, I, I tried to give my kids options to you, you know, to focus on how to develop a relationship with God a personal relationship with God and we won't get too much in it because we don't do the politics of religion but before, the, because of the sake of this episode we'll touch on it a little bit but the premise of what he's trying to say I understand right. but to me it was just totally blasphemy.
1: Yeah I felt like they could have uh, they could have found something else that was better for this episode um, like you said I get the premise but I almost, I almost turned this one off just because of my personal beliefs, like you're saying. Don't want to jump too far into it, but to make, you know what I'm saying? I guess it goes to me against one of the commandments, you know, making another man in God's image. You know what I'm saying? so Right,
0: right. It, I, it, 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 it's a shock value. I understand his shock value, but um, I, I don't, we know from the Bible, we know where God comes, we, we know where Jesus was. Roamed the earth, you know, so we, we don't have to dispute that. There doesn't <laughs> have to be made whether they agree with it or not. We know how that went, but uh, yeah, that was a hard episode to watch. It was just about him changing the myth of the white messiah, right? Um, the image of of, of of Jesus Christ was it's always depicted in a white form, it's never depicted of a black form. Um, you just look at the region where he comes from, he and how it's described in the Bible. Um, he has the you know skin complexion of a of an African American, Yeah. of a black man. So, but we get that. But uh, you know, we gonna move on from that one. Yeah, it was. It you was, had to watch it. You had to watch it and see it. <laughs> because, you know, we definitely won't give a spoiler alert for that one. <laughs> um, now, this one was pretty interesting. The next episode, episode five, was thinking outside the box.
1: Yeah, I thought it was pretty good.
0: I thought that was really good, man, because. It's so like I always listen to Killer Mike, and I always like to hear him talk. Sometimes it's rambling, sometimes it's just mumble jumble. Sometimes it's um, nine times out of ten, it's, it's he's it's a highly educated um, opinion. Um, and and for him to you see how his mind works that he wants to wanted to go into these the baby boomer era and put them on to see if he could get them to get on and, and understand his music. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah was, that was uh interesting to bring um the group of characters together that he uh that he put together and you know it almost reminded me of one of those um you know uh talent shows like American Idol or whatever yeah. um but i I thought it was pretty interesting and you know he he actually i mean some of them had some good stuff to say you know what I mean listening to it so and once again he he started off uh, the whole basis of that was using the the song that the old boy you were talking about earlier Mario had had uh, made. So I, I thought that was uh, that was pretty funny. Uh, but it was a good. I like the episode. I like the shock when the um, you know when old boy used the N word, if you want to say. Yeah,
0: And That was yeah. That was at the, That was originally for him to put that group together. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was really like I, I was really like that part there didn't really like I just kind of white noise for me at that point because I, I already knew, understood what he was trying to do, and it didn't. It was just like okay, Mike, I understand, but it, it, it was like a waste of time for for that portion of it. Yeah. The part I, that I really was in tune to was the beginning portion of of how because one, one thing I understand I that like the older generation it showed that they're stuck in their wings like they were just like if it ain't frank sinatra you know you, you talking about when a, he
1: went to the uh, old the, folks the home, old old home?
0: Folks. yeah yeah and, but it, it shows in contrast to what he the group he put together then when, when he interviewed people after the fact they kind of were more open-minded to you know freedom of speech and you can yeah. say what you want to say it's artistic freedom versus when he did that with the older crowd it was just like a straight hard line. Uh, we don't like that stuff. And when he talked, it was so funny when he talked to the, the, the old white lady and she was like, I just don't understand none of your music. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I get that. I don't understand Spanish music either. You know, so like, <laughs> Cause you just, you know, you can't hear it. You know, I don't speak Spanish, you know, so you don't speak, I guess she don't speak hip hop, so you can't understand it. So he, you know, he not holding it against it. One thing I, I liked about Mike throughout, especially with his run-ins with, with Mario, is that he was when that focus group he you know he called him a racist you know you're a racist but he did it in a way where he was like man i'm I'm really not trying to offend you bro i'm just really trying to let you understand your thinking your process of how you think and feel about people it's borderline racist what you're saying right and you know one thing about him and i know or well, killer Mike, I love the way he always said he's an ally. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, he said that he's, a lot of times.
0: <laughs> he's an ally. You know, like, you know, that makes sense. You know, you don't have to be you don't have to necessarily be a friend, but you know, you, we both have the same train train of thought. Right. And the same process. So that does make you an ally. You
1: know? Yeah, he's always using um the people, uh, mostly uh the white people who use their privilege in the in a positive way. He yeah. he calls them an ally. So All I always right. think that's pretty funny. Uh but I, I like hearing uh Killer Mike talk. To me, he's probably like the Southern version, I guess I would say, of KRS one. You know what I'm saying? He's always, like you said, speaking intelligently, uh got something to say. Sometimes, you know, he'll he'll, you know, he know he can get to you, so he'll he'll keep rattling your cage. And that and that's cool. I mean, that's just everyday like barbershop type conversation right there. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, to the group that he put together for that, and the shock value was good because even with the the new age people, what you were saying when they were when they were listening at the end, when old boy uh, you know said the N word. He, you know, the crowd was just like,
0: you can say it, bro. Oh, I know, <laughs> I know,
1: I, I remember what you said.
0: You can say it, bro. It he was right. like we, we have a that. right to say that word. Yeah, yeah we, we have a right it. to say that word. You
1: know. But uh, when when they said it, oh boy, uh, you know, the whole crowd was like, just in a in awe. Like I can't believe he said that. But like, I don't know, man. Like we we've been saying it for so many years. You know what I'm saying? Like. I try to get away from it from for a lot of times, but I mean it, it comes out here and there, you know what I mean?
0: I'm definitely guilty. Hey, it's my right to say it.
1: Nah, and I and uh, I say it. The only reason I try not to is because I don't like how like I've seen where other races and this this ain't even you can't even narrow it down to one race. Like every race has said it because it's been in a song so often. And, yeah,
0: man, and you know what? And it's funny, bro, because I was um I was in mixed company probably like three weeks four weeks ago and uh, I pulled a BTG shout out to BTG um, I said the nigga I said I said nigga in, in mixed company and just just to, just just to see the reaction of the people around me and it was like all the people that was that looked like me were like huh, oh. and the people that looked like <laughs> them were like huh. Oh. I'm like, man, come on, man. We say this all the time. You know, what I'm saying? myself, yeah. and that was that was partially because I watched this killer Mike, and I'm just like doing my own social, you know, <laughs> experiments to see.
1: <laughs> nah, I know what you mean. I, I kind I play. I kind of pulled the. Um, well, I, I held back some. I ain't, I ain't say nigga or nothing like that. But like this girl was uh, talking to me, uh, one of the, my coworkers, and we were at the uh, we were at the bar after work, and. Um, she, well, she she, just said, "Uh, you look like such and such uh, Another person that worked with us And she just kept going on I was like, well no, nah, you know We we different, we different She just kept saying, but y'all look so much alike I said, And I, I politely told her in the joke I said, look, I ain't gonna say the joke That I wanna say to you And then she just, but every black person around me Like, yeah, right, right They, they knew what I was about to say But I was like, right. I ain't gonna say that we all look alike But that's what, I wanted to just clown is so bad i'm like you know i guess it is what it is but and a lot of people don't even know they don't i guess i'm not taking up on. they don't mean to be racist because they're not i ain't gonna say that she's racist because i don't think she is she's just a free spirited like she's one of those people that really is just she would be a woodstock you know what i'm saying
0: (laughs) right right and you know i i've I hate to use the term that I have white right friends, but I don't have many white friends, but the ones that I do, uh, they ally. You know, they, uh, <laughs> they they uh, have this, they view the same things I view. Uh, we made different opinion on, you know, on how to rear kids, like all of us do, or different situations like that. But for the most part, uh, racism is not even in part of the equation, but that's just, know who you meet, where you meet them at, and how you meet them. So it, it's, it, it depends. It depends. But we know that's always going to be an underlying and borderline situation uh, for us in America. It's just based off of racism. There's always going to be racism. nothing we can do about it. Um, but going to that final episode of Kill Your Master. Now this one here, this one is almost like that religion episode for me.
1: It was kind of tough.
0: Yeah, it was... It was really a bad watch, bro. The only thing that I, uh, I got was the very end of, and I didn't really get, it, it took me to li- listen to him on on uh, The Breakfast Club to yeah. understand why he did what he did. And basically what he did, listeners, he, he he wanted to start his own nation, and he went and bought a plot of land, um, and try to make his own country. And he got citizens, people throughout the the shows that he met through on him, throughout his journey. He invited them to be, be the citizens of his his newfound land, which he called New Africa. And <laughs> they had the trials and tribulations of trying to develop their land and, and make it a, 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 a bolstering society. Um, that's about all that was worth for me. Um, you still had Mario acting a fool, trying to be independent of all and always, and thinking trying to be against everything and everything, um, which is not which is in normal society. I mean, that's just Mario. But what did catch my catch my attention was at the very end when he decided that hey, I don't think I am the right person to lead the country, so we're gonna have a democratic vote on who will be the next president. And they nominated a few of the the citizens and they had a vote and Mike rigged it to where she would win it. And it was, it was, at the end he said why he did it, but he didn't really go into detail and he didn't go into detail to The Breakfast Club of yeah. why he did it, which made sense to me why he did it because she was more in tune to the people. And it makes sense and it's like, why that for me in government is, is one of the reasons why we don't talk about it because it's never even playing field like you're not hands-on with me for you to be actually making judgment calls for me you know so that was very interesting
1: yeah like you said in the beginning that that episode was was definitely definitely tough to watch but like i got the premise uh i got and to me i felt like that that episode was probably more scripted than anything but i I understood like you said when he got on the breakfast club why he did it at it that whole thing was kind of confusing me I understand like starting your own land because I mean people had those thoughts what if we go start our own land but then at the same time when you start your own land you're gonna have dissension because somebody's not gonna agree with what you what you right. got planned for the community and all that stuff so, I like that he step. He was able to step back and le- allow somebody else to lead because that's what uh, a lot of people don't realize. In leadership, you have to be not only a leader, but you have to know when to be a follower. You know what I mean? So, right, he was able to step back to see that that girl had the best interest out of everybody for the community, even more than what he had.
0: Yeah, because he was. In, she was because one of their issues were we're developing this land and killing. Mike is in the big house chilling and he wasn't really out helping and he understood that you know he understood that you know in order for us to in order for this dissension of the ranks to stop they have to have a person that's that relates to them that's been through what they've been through and understand the people so it was made sense for him to give up now like he said i am the most qualified to do it, (laughs) to be the president of the country but i understand the dynamics of who I am and, and how I, the stature of me versus the how they view her and they view her as one of the people. So it just made sense for him to go ahead and, and rig the election and let her win. Which was admirable of because I don't know if I'd have gave up my power. Well, I'd have been like, you know what? <laughs> you jokers gonna have to deal with
1: it. <laughs> this my house. Nah. This
0: my house, right?
1: <laughs> but uh, I think like out of that episode and then the episode of um, I think it was this first or second yeah the first episode where you know what I'm saying I think what I got out of it is that one of the things that is prevalent in this whole thing is like we need to go back to raising our own stuff whether it's vegetables you got your little garden or whatever or you got your animals man I, I think that's just a good skill to, to know you know what I'm saying like a lot of people yeah. don't know I mean like you you could probably go poll some of the some of the dudes you, you gonna watch Super Bowl with or uh, you know, you're going to be at the Super Bowl now watching. But you can poll some of those dudes and actually ask them who know how to fish. If you got 10 of them there, I, I bet four of them don't know how to fish or never been fishing.
0: Right. And, and But it's it's more of a, like on the lines of what you're saying. It's just more of taking that and having an entrepreneurial spirit. And a lot of us don't that we don't have that entrepreneurial spirit to want to get up, get out and make something that we can call our own and that's part of the problem is that we're so busy entrenched in the workforce and working for somebody that it's not many of us that actually can jump out on faith and actually create that business and then when we do create that business it's hard for us to support that business because the the things that they are producing and selling is it's in a limited uh amount Right. You know, like you're saying like the produce and those type of things if you're not really close to a black farming or agriculture area you know if you're the major city you you know you really probably won't find that black owned produce but that white owned produce is being trucked in by the boatloads oh yeah you know what I'm saying so it's kind of like when like he was saying about his, his how he grew up he was raised by his grandparents and he was, he was raised in a rural community so it, it tend to have to you had to tend to lean on the community to actually support one another with the produce, with the the local stores and and the different things that they had to do. Um, It was more conducive to being able to keep everything black owned, I should say. But it it was, man, it was definitely a a, a really great social experiment. I hope that he he continues on and it gives him another season of it because I think there's a lot of the things that he didn't get a chance to touch on that needs to be touched on. And I'm always for people that don't look like us to be able to have a um, medium, a medium to, to be able to look at from our perspective, because you don't really know me, you know what I'm saying? You know of me, but you don't really know me. You don't know my real train of thought. Right. So.
1: <laughs> nah, no, I, I agree with you, man on that. um You know, I think everybody needs to see it from that aspect. I'm hoping that he comes back and do another one. And then, I'm hoping it's a social experiment with um, I would like to see two of them actually about um, black people's hair because that's always a big thing. And then I would like to see about something with the interracial dating. Like I would love to see how he would compact that from his well, his perspective.
0: We already know his stance on that because we're going to touch on that. Well,
1: yeah, I know his stance, but I would like to see him do a social experiment about it because right. he just like you said, he takes it to the extreme. So I like to just see that.
0: Uh, we're going to focus on a little bit of The Breakfast Club. We had the beige rage <laughs> from DJ Amby. That's always fun <laughs> to me, the beige rage. Uh, they spoke on, they had a heated debate about public school versus private school. And they both were, I guess they were going around about Saying the same thing, but coming from different aspects of what's better at what's a better education for their kids. What was your thoughts on that?
1: Um, my thoughts. I I mean, I understood what both of them.
0: But first of all, first of all, do you do you have a bias to public school versus private school?
1: Um, not really. I to me, it would depend on the area where I live. I'm gonna. I'm going to research and see what's the best school because, uh, for instance, I've been to a certain area down in Montgomery, Alabama, and I already said there's no way my kids will go to this school. I would have to pay for, um, what you call it for a private school. And why is that? Is because if you go online, all these schools are rated on, you know, how well they test and, You know, basically, they're giving grades at school, pretty much, and so like in that area, it wasn't good for public schools. So I was like, well, and for my daughter to have a good education, I'm gonna have to put her in private school. But everywhere else we go, we we always like that's the that's one of the basics that uh, my wife looks at before we even move into a neighborhood. She looks at the schools, and she will exclude a neighborhood because she'll be like, oh, can't live there because the school ain't good, and then she just we go from there right. and that's always one of the main points. But it has points.
0: nothing to do with color at all. Nothing to do with color. No, I don't think it's just all I don't think um,
1: I don't think a private school per se is better than a public school. It's it's all on the teachers, man. The only thing I would say that the private school probably has an advantage on is the um the smaller classes versus public school. And then, you know, public mm-hmm. schools are forced to teach a certain curriculum, so that's the not I would have against them. But like a lot of times you have teachers in that public school that serve different purposes, whether they are that mother or father figure to you that keep you in line or they actually, you know, without the principles and the (laughs) powers to be to know, they actually teach you more into the curriculum. Like I had plenty of teachers in public school because I'm a public school uh, patron myself. I've had plenty of teachers that have told me to like, you, you don't need to trust my word on what I'm teaching you, you need to go seek it out for yourself, right. you know, so I I appreciate that, so you got teachers out there, it's just I got what DJ MB was saying, like he he didn't think that some of the teachers had that oomph, or whatever that push to go forward, and I agree with that, because yeah, they were certain all, teachers, about
0: a, all about a paycheck yeah. they just there to do a job and get on about the business, not really caring about the kids and <laughs>
1: That's I mean, in every job though.
0: I mean yeah, that's that's across the board and a lot of things he was saying was about he want to make more millionaires. And like Killer Mike was saying that's that really like. that's really not a feasible situation.
1: Right. Cuz uh, like like what he was saying to me when Killer Mike was saying that you can make all these millionaires you want. But somebody got to work for these millionaires. Exactly. And that's exactly. where I understood. And, know, so. and,
0: that, and that makes more sense. And it's like going back to the show about the when he's talking to the little kids that, you know, somebody has to learn these skill sets to be able to operate and function. American society is not made up or, or, or constructed for everybody to be millionaires. You know, it's oh, like yeah. a pyramid. There's more rich at the top of the pyramid. And there's more poor at the bottom of the pyramid. And that's just the way the economic system is made, is created in America. And that's just the way it would always be. And he has an understanding of that. Now, yes, you will. You definitely, I understand Envy's point about you want to expose people to things that they're not exposed to. And just like he gave his numbers, you know, I, I've talked to 10 people and only five will follow through. And of those five, only one is gonna be successful. And that's the whole point of it all, right. which Mike was trying to make the point of, which he he, did, he made the point himself, is that it's not meant for everybody to be millionaires, but it's meant for everybody to be able to have a, a career that they can look highly, they can feel good about themselves and support their family. Because I don't necessarily have to be a millionaire, right? I would love to be a millionaire, <laughs> But I just want to make sure that my kids are safe, my kids are well educated. Um, I'm comfortable. I have no worries. I can put some money up, put some money away um, for a rainy day. Um, have a retirement when I'm done. Those are things I will look at now. If, if millionaire status happens to restore itself upon me, then you know, let's party, and and I'm going to use my 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 multi my millions for others because right. I don't really need to take all this money with me. I don't really trust my kids to leave an abundance of money to my kids. I don't think they have the same train of thought that I have that they may pull a, you know, may pull a Paris Hilton and just want to blow it all, you know, and not really um, keep the wealth generating and keep the wealth being able to help others, you know? So that I think with that aspect is kind of, how you what you want out of your education? Do you want smaller classes? Do you want um, to support your neighborhood? You know, do you want to put your kids in in a in a inner a, in a city environment to, so they can learn a, a social and a survival skill set? Because that comes with going to a, to a public school. There will be a survival skill set that your kids gonna <laughs> learn, and right. that's you know, it's not. It's just what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's just it's just what it is. But. I see it from both perspective, and, and I'm like my kids have always gone to public school. I went to private school as as a, as an adolescent, and as I become a teenager, I went to uh, public school because I wanted to go to public school. And it's it really depends on the person, and it depends on do you have a will to learn, do you want to learn, you know, and then you can you can. I've had many friends that went to private school and high school, they were the biggest thugs in America. Exactly. You know, so it, it really is really the person and and the upbringing. And I mean, and I can't even say upbringing because cats nah. had great parents and they just wanted to be a thug.
1: It's just the individuality, man. I mean, you got yeah. some people that grow up and they know like all their life. I mean, they know that they want to be like a musician or artist. So college ain't for them. So you you given them that education in a private school, but that's not what they want to do. uh right. Like like my my youngest daughter, she Jador, She um she she's a artistic person. She loves draw, not autistic, but artistic. <laughs> she loves to draw. You know what I'm saying? So that's her thing. Like when uh she was listening to the conversation that they were having on the radio, and she said. She said, honestly if it was up to me I want to and she does but she was like I would rather go to public school and I was like why you don't even know what private school is about she's like well I like my individuality where I don't have to wear what everybody else is wearing and I was like huh I never looked at I mean that's a small um, you know a small thing to you know right. say in this conversation but, but-,
0: but even that I mean from a so and I understand and she makes a good point but I also understand um, it's good that she's a thinker like that too but it also makes me go back to that because when I was in public school, we had to wear a uniform, mm-hmm. even in public school, and that was to, to take the individuality out of the equation because it became a, a bully situation. It became you made you feel, let made the students feel less than, you know. So I'm all for uniforms. I mean, I'm all for um, like just some kind of to take. I don't want anything to take the focus off of education. Right. I should say that and if, if if my son has less than shoes or pants or shirts than you have then even even the playing field just level that out so I, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with uniforms it makes sense um and see so i'm keep not that focus on
1: education so i guess he's like a dad because i'm not like i understand the, the the economical situation but like you know what i'm saying like i i'm not a uniform person i don't like being like everybody else so that maybe that's well, how she feels too. But it's not. Well, I get. I get what you're saying, but I, I school, don't agree with uniform
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, when it comes to school, it, it's you're there for education. You're not there yeah. for solely no other person. But no matter how you feel about it, there are going to be the jocks. There are going to be the druggies. There yeah. are going to be these different sectors or groups of people that's going to migrate to one another. But if you can eliminate one aspect of it, um then it makes it more, for, to me, it makes it more of a, co- a conducive situation for them to learn. And you can control what they wear and how they wear now, how? Now, what I don't agree with is like the hair situation. You know, if you want to have hair, you want to grow a beard, I don't agree with all that kind of stuff, but just the shirt, pants and shoes, You know, put them all on the same playing field so they can focus on education.
1: I, I like to know how my people, how I'm dealing with my people. If you're a druggie, and you ain't taking care of yourself, or however you doing. I want—I don't want us all to be dressed the same because now you teaching me that the world lies. Like you dressing. Like I want to know you. So, I mean, like you said, I—I I don't agree with uniforms. I see your point. I'm not arguing against it. I'm just not a uniform type. Oh, person. you
0: arguing against it? You arguing
1: against it? <laughs> I'm not a uniform type person <laughs> in school because the kids already have enough time trying to figure out who they are, and now they got to. But I mean, to you, me, it's being like, it's like society's forcing you to do what they want you to do. And that's do not you, how I teach my kids to think.
0: Yeah. But do you really think that's going to really, a uniform is really going to deter them from understanding who they are because they can't wear what they want to wear?
1: I'm just saying, like, you saying that you need to take one thing out of the equation and focus on education. Like, there's only a couple, only a handful of people really dare focus on education. That's why at school... In any situation, whether it's private or public, it's funny to me because, and this is going to take me down my little rabbit hole. So, you got me started. So, I'm going to blame you on hey, this. Hey, man,
0: go, go down that thing. I used down, to tell people See what's this. in the dark <laughs> corners of
1: your mind. <laughs> <laughs> I used to tell the smart people this when I was in school playing ball. I was like, it's so funny that y'all don't see how the system is set up. Y'all come to school and get 4.0s, you come to school and do what school was intended for. Me, all I got to do is go out there and run a couple laps and hit somebody, and I got a full-paid scholarship long as I'm good. You know what I'm saying? Like, you come, people come to school, do what they got to do, and they struggle to get a scholarship. But you take somebody that can shoot a ball through a hoop, hit a ball over the fence, run the ball down the field, and they got – so when people say it's about education, it's only about education for a certain uh, oh. field. So and that's I, what I'm saying. So why are we dressing them up? Like we need I, to. Just I agree with that. Keep them where know, they are because
0: I want it to be just like what you're saying. I want the focus to be on your focus. You, you get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I, I want you to like if you like if you're there. And I, I don't I don't feel less than somebody who wants to be a jock because that's an admirable career field. I don't I don't knock anybody who wants to be um in a higher higher learning. Want to go to Harvard? Want to go to Princeton, Yale? I don't knock that. But what I do, these kids have so much social anxiety and so much social issues. That's just one aspect that can be removed and it's not taken away from their individuality. It's just taking away one less anxiety trigger for these children. And and I get, I understand your point. I, and I'm totally, you know, if if, if I knew that would be a play, then I would be all for it, but I know it's a play. But I, I'm in total agreeing with you of, of the fact that um, I feel like Killer Mike feels about the education system. Let them decide what their career field, what what, what makes them passionate. And traditional school may not be a passionate avenue for you. If you want to be a ball player, then allow them to be a ball player. Allow them to nurture that that that, that feeling, that passion, and don't stigmatize it. You know, give them a school where it's less conducive to learning and less, and I mean, less conducive to academics and more conducive to physical fitness and get them to the point where they can. Because what you just said, they're going to go to a higher learning school to continue that that endeavor. Correct. Right. Yep. So you're going to get that, but then you're going to have a more fine, well-tuned athlete that than you would have in a in a public school system. Because a lot of kids that are great athletes, they get frustrated with with the traditional educational system and they felt flunk out or they turn to drugs because it's just not conducive to what they want to do and it hinders their passion, you know? So for me, public school, private school, it's really not an issue for me. It's just what, nah. what, what you're favorable of, what you want your kids to be involved in. But I am a proponent of have an open system of where how you want to educate your kids. If my kid is a vocational type kid, and I can see <laughs> he's a vocational type kid, then I want to be able to push him into the vocational type system. And there are vocational schools, but then you have the vocational schools, and a, a proponent—I mean, a, a a component of that system is that vocation. But it still turns back to the the, the traditional. Education of ABCs and one two threes and how they oh, want yeah. them to learn, and it kind of like you actually put more pressure on the kid because now they gotta learn even more stuff, and and and, and actually try to excel in their endeavor. And it's kind of like the European model of how they raise and how they educate their kids. I don't understand why it, it won't make it work in America. And I don't understand why like p- places like IMG—that's what they're there for. They they've isolated what these kids wanna be athletes, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna cater to these kids being athletes. You know, and and education, you don't hear hear about you don't hear any of those guys flunking out. None of them. Yeah.
1: I mean you gotta you gotta stick like you're saying stick to the basics, you know, uh and that's one thing I think school needs to teach more uh, like honestly, you know what I'm saying? Like um I I took so much history growing up, but I can't tell you the date of any war that ever happened in America. Honestly. But right. If you, you know what I'm saying? But like the class that I can tell you everything I learned from was when I took home economics. I learned, right. uh, you know what I'm saying? I had to learn how to wash clothes, I had to learn how to cook, I had to learn how to sew a button back on the shirt. I mean, those are vital skills that I will use from day to day. I learned how to uh, balance a, a, a checkbook and an account, work an account, like right. give you an assignment where you got to pay, you got this much money, you got to pay your bills. Or what about the assignment where you got like an egg or something and it's your child and you got to keep it alive. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just stuff like that. Like those are skills that I think they need to be teaching the skills because those are the life learning skills. Like you said earlier, algebra, ain't none of us use no damn algebra. No, I
0: mean, but, but you, you think about it. Elementary school, you're applying more elementary mathematics on an everyday basis yeah. than you are in high school. Now, if you're going to want to be a rocket scientist, yeah, I, I think <laughs> right? I need you, I, I need you to get on that algebra, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> on that physics. I need you to get all on all, all, <laughs> yeah. all that. Because you need to know that type of, you know, those type of equations and stuff like that. But if you, you know, I'm working, if I'm just working. In a business office, I'm not using algebra. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? I'm in a business. I'm in a, I'm I'm working billing and all I do is one plus one, two plus two, division, multiplication. That's it on an everyday basis. So it's more of, of, it's just, for me, I mean, we're, I mean, we just started our own topic at this point. (laughs) (laughs) It's not even, and we both agree, it's not even about private or public school. It's just about, Applying education to to the individual versus uh, having uh, everybody pulled into one big cup yep. and having them drink from the same cup when everybody their thirst or their taste is not the same, you know.
1: Oh yeah, because I know, like like for me, I wasn't interested in school. I was just I just wanted to play sports, but you I did. knew that I had to learn, right. like you saying, the basic stuff and the yeah. stuff that I had to do to get through. But then as I got older is when I wanted to seek out my own education. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? The library is there for everybody and it, it's so much stuff in the books that you go teach yourself. Everything, everything that's in a book and that people teach us, whether it's teachers and uh, and this may hurt some people, preachers, it's all their interpretation of what they read that they're teaching us. Right. And that's why me, and I, I know I'm, I'm kind of touching on that religious line, so excuse me, but I prefer Bible school or Bible study over church because I'm actually able to talk about my what I interpreted, what you interpreted to make a great interpretation rather than in the church. The preacher gives me his interpretation in school. The teacher gives me her interpretation. So I have to read further to under to have my own thought. Otherwise, I'm going to be preaching, whether it's school or whatever, I'm going to be preaching what this last person taught me. And that person may not have had the full Gamut of what they need to know in that right. particular and, field, and,
0: and, they, and they start and they apply their, they start to apply their personal personal beliefs, yep. beliefs into that into somebody that's very impressionable, and they think that to be factual, right? When it when it's really truly just one's opinion, but you 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 weaving you weaving that opinion into the truth, and you and it comes to be a a, a convoluted idea about. What it is, you right. know. It's, I mean, like you said, touched on the history portion. I love history, but I can't name every single date. But if we have a conversation about these different events, I'm very knowledgeable of them. Right. But I can't just tell you the actual date of the battle. But I can tell you, I know the what happened within that battle.
1: <laughs> but, doing more to me <laughs> in the history. I I, I got a partner. But, that he know I hate history.
0: Yeah, but, but but it's more of an, and I and I but I, I, I battle I battle with this with my kids and I try to get them to understand how how these subjects work. Like history is just reading comprehension. Yeah, reading is reading and comprehension. You know, English. You know, you have a little a little rules and re, little rules to English, but it's really reading comprehension. Now, when you get into your your math and your sciences, that's when it it comes to it has a a a rule of how it should be accomplished you know and I I, I can understand that struggle because it's a confined amount of rules that you have to be able to stay within but for you to just read something comprehend it and then regurgitate it back that's an easy applied skill we all can do that um but but back to the private school public school thing I, I don't really have a issue with either or uh, to be honest with you. it just really what makes that parent feel comfortable yeah. about how their kids are being educated. Um, like, for me, some of my most impactful... I went to elementary school, and I didn't really have... I went to elementary school through for private school, through private school, and I didn't really have an impactful teacher. Like, I didn't have mm-hmm. somebody that... Well, it was Mr. John Jacques, um, my sixth-grade teacher. He was very impactful because he actually he actually worked with us outside of the, the confines of the school you know we went and learned social skills and how to behave in public and we did those type of things so shout out to Mrs. John John but all, uh, outside of him um my more memorable more impactful teachers were in public school i, I got because they understood my struggle and they and right. you you had those teachers where they would just you know shut up sit down get your education and we're gonna move on. Whereas right. you didn't, re- you looked at me as a, as a seat, as a body. You didn't look at me as a person, an impressionable kid that's just trying to, that's thirsty for knowledge and just looking for acceptance and just trying to find out who he is and what he is.
1: Yeah, and I, and, I, and I think that's the problem with some. And I think that's what Envy was kind of hinting at. He probably had those experience with those bad teachers. But you can't judge every teacher like that, cause there are some great teachers out there man and and it just all it takes is that one to reach you know somebody or i mean i'm sure if you if you talk to everybody they got that one teacher that stood out to them you know in whatever yeah. class and sometimes it's more than one and i i had those i mean like because english i like english because like in high school every hard english teacher there was to have i had so it wasn't none of that B S, let me just skip by like no, I had to learn it because they were strict like that. So that's why like I'm I like English history. (laughs) I probably had to I mean, in one history class, my football teacher, my football coach was the teacher. All he had was work <laughs> worksheets, and man, we we watched big, film the whole class. They,
0: they must have
1: a hidden hidden,
0: <laughs> hidden society for coaches being history teachers, because my history teacher was my football coach too. But he was passionate about history. But he oh, did okay. he did operate on a lot of worksheets,
1: <laughs> and we we had to turn in. Uh, we had a whole quarter worth of worksheets Worksheet, that we turned yeah. in, and we just watched. film Film during the whole football, yep. all the football players yep. are in the corner watching film. It's yep. Funny.
0: So it's, but that's it's 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 a personal preference of it all. It's a personal preference, and and it just depends on what you want, what you want for your kid. But we could definitely go on and on about this, man. I'm glad we had a little disagreement there about the uniform issue, but I still say put them in uniform. Nah. <laughs> Individuality. <laughs> but we going to get up out of here, man. It was, it's, it was good to sit down with my brother. Once again, episode 33. I'm so 30 glad 30. for this, man. We, we moving on. Um, hope the listeners are enjoying us again make sure that you follow us on instagram twitter facebook uh visit the website we always have some good content there as well join a social group we always have stimulating conversation there again we all all want to spread the word you know let somebody else um see what we are about or who we are and, and we definitely want to build that community no doubt. And in closing words my brother
1: man now i'm about to go out here and you know um chill with my little spare ribs and chicken that i got on there you know after that episode the last episode they and they get, they inspired me to get back out there and then the weather turned right and i was like man i got to do it i got to be there
0: yeah so i'm, I'm a, uh i'm gonna eat somebody else's cooking I'll put it that way. <laughs> so i hope that they are passionate about their
1: cooking like you passionate about yours <laughs> You'll have to let me know. Eh. We gonna, will see. <laughs> you you gonna be over there see. mad in the mud uh,
0: Well, like I said, I'm, I'm I'm definitely gonna take partake in the livation I'm definitely gonna partake, partake into some eater eats. Um, i I'm, I'm doing well. I'm, I'm leaving the sugar and the carbs alone. So you know it's. No, nah, I'm it's with a, you. It's a fight, but we we doing this thing. We doing
1: this thing. Nah, me and the wife, we that's what we about to do, man. I ain't had a libation like you say in a while, so me and her about to sit out back and just enjoy the smoke of the grill and chill out and enjoy each other's company for a minute.
0: Does your a drink?
1: Yeah, she drink. Well, she thinks she drink, but uh, <laughs> 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 she drinks uh moscato, you know.
0: Moscato, like, okay, everybody. Yeah, everybody drinks drink moscato. moscato. It's yeah.
1: just a uh, wine I with sh- sugar. Which we. Had- <laughs> But I love That's you, baby. I love it.
0: <laughs> A little, little bubbly, a little fizzly bubbly with some sugar sprinkled on top. Oh, for sure. For and, sure. A, and a fancy looking bottle. They like the fancy looking bottle. Yeah, man.
1: you know what I'm saying? So, the fancier
0: but, the bottle, the more they love it. <laughs>
1: but hey, you know, we, we both can't be around here drunk. Somebody got to run the household.
0: Yeah, yeah Right. Somebody got to tell a story. We're really happy.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we're going to get up out of here. Again, uh, to the listeners, we appreciate y'all. Keep tuning in. Keep listening. Um drop us emails and comments because we definitely want to cater the show to some of the things that you guys are interested in and, and want to talk about. So well, let right. us know. But it's with that you. being said, Sitting much love and we angels. out. Peace.
1: We have returned to claim the pyramid. Partying on the mothership. I am the mothership connection. Get down in 3D. Light year through.
0: Well, all right.